Welcome to the Fire and Earth Podcast with your hosts, Jason Mefford and Kathy Groover. Fire and Earth, giving you the keys to unlock your limitless potential. Welcome to another episode of the Fire and Earth Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason Mefford. And I am Kathy Groover. Well, Jason, you know, that's not what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say it in a different way, or I assumed that you may, might change at this time, or, you know, I just, I had an idea in my head of what was going to happen, and it didn't happen that way, and I, I don't even know what to do with that now. You made assumptions about me, Kathy? Yeah. So do it again? Welcome to the Fire Nerd Podcast, right? <laughs> that's exactly no. what I thought you were going to do. No, <laughs> no. We're joking about this, right? And, and actually, I knew that was exactly how you were going to do it, because that's how we do it every time. But... <laughs> I can't assume that. I mean, there have been times we've done it in a different way or gotten silly or, you know, whatever it is. Or, or just forgotten, forgotten what I was forgotten supposed what show to say. Doing. And you're looking at me like, what the fuck? Or you said I'm Kathy Groover one day, which was hilarious. So um, basically what we're getting at here with all the silliness is I had a client situation. Um, she had taken a job about six months ago. It looked like a really great fit. It got her out of a job that wasn't working for her. Took her to a new country where she wanted to live. Um, and once she got there, she realized the job was not working out for her. The work-life balance was non-existent. They expected her to work 10 to 12 hour days. Uh, if she left on time, she kind of got like publicly shamed for it. People weren't talking to her. I mean, it was just a horrible situation and she wanted to go. She needed to leave this job, uh, but she had just gotten there. She just started this job and about four months in, she happened to be looking through LinkedIn and she saw a job that would be perfect for her. And she's like, oh, I can't apply. I just, I just started this new job. And, you know, if I leave, they're going to kill me and da, 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 da. So she let it go. About a week later, that job sees her on LinkedIn, reaches out, interview, interview, interview. They offer her the job. And we were having our coaching session. And she said, Kathy, I got to tell my boss on Monday that I'm quitting. And he's going to be so mad. He's going to tell me that he fought to have me there and he's going to yell at me and he's going to make my next three weeks hell. And he, she had all these ideas. And I said, okay, time out. I said, you don't know what he's going to say. Well, I know him really well. I said, nope. I said, you do not know what he's going to say. I said, maybe he recognizes that you're unhappy and it's not a good fit. Maybe he can't stand having you there and he's happy to see you go. Maybe he's just mature enough to go, wow, I'm so excited for your opportunity. I said, if he yells at you, first of all, it's a whole other set of problems and you go straight to HR. Um, I said, you know, this is a professional man and I just, I think you're miss, like judging this future situation. And she had all these assumptions and the Monday comes and I get an email in my inbox saying, you are exactly right. He was so happy. He was excited for me for this opportunity. He wished me well, said, you know, let's start getting things in order for you to go in three weeks. And I'm excited for you. So she had all this worry and all this fear and all this assumption. And one of my favorite Thich Nhat Hanh quotes is why suffer twice? Why are we projecting into this future event that we don't know is going to happen or we don't know how it's going to happen? She drove herself crazy. Um, assuming she knew how he was going to react. And in reality, he responded in a very mature, positive manner. So that's what we're talking about is making these assumptions. Well, and I think it's interesting because, you know, I'm sure everybody who's listening, right? Do you really like to suffer, right? Who, who out there listening wants to suffer? I don't think anybody 
you know, listening wants to suffer unless you're a sadomasochist and that's a whole nother thing, but that's not even- And we already really, talked about that actually. Yeah, and, and that's <laughs> not even really, that's how other people perceive it, but that's not right. how it actually is. But um, yeah, I mean, we don't like to suffer, but what's interesting too is as you're as you're talking about it, the suffering that we do about making assumptions about the future and the worry and the fear and everything else that goes on in it, that suffering is worse than anything that you experience usually when you actually go through go through it. Absolutely. Right? And so it's like, why, yeah, why suffer twice? You don't need to suffer twice, right? To begin with. And, you know, if you're going to suffer before the event and in the event, and the then after the event <laughs> and then after the event the magnitude is probably like this right like the suffering if 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 we take that the total suffering for this particular event is a 10 let's say right probably six or seven of those suffering points are the assumptions and you're getting in your head uh -huh. and getting wrapped around the axle before the event even yep maybe one or two for the event and then do my math, whatever the rest of it is left over, right? And so it's like, well, why suffer all 10 points when you you only have to do two, right? Yep. If we would just stop making the assumptions, because most of the time we're wrong. hundred percent. Right? Those, having those unrealistic expectations of good stuff or bad stuff. And I remember we used to go to Bush Gardens every year. We'd go to Virginia Beach from... Um, Pittsburgh, and if it wasn't pouring down rain or hurricaning or whatever it did back in Virginia, we would go to Bush Gardens, and it was the year they opened the Loch Ness monster, which was this crazy metal. It was one of the biggest roller coasters, and I was a total roller coaster fan when I was a kid. My mom didn't want to go, so my dad and I got in line, and the line was eternal, right? Because it was a brand new coaster, and everyone wanted to ride it, and they had this recording playing in line. This is the world's fastest roller coaster, and you will hit speeds of 60 miles an hour. Started to scare the shit out of me because all I heard for 45 minutes was this is scary. <laughs> this is scary. This is big. This is the fastest. This is the tallest. This is the drop. This is the loop de loops. This is the stuff that I had never experienced as a kid. And it was meant to jazz you up. What it did was scare the shit out of me. And I'm in line crying. Like, I don't want to go. We got to get out of line. And my dad's thinking, I just fucking wasted half an hour, kid. We're, <laughs> We're paying. So we finally get up to the line and we get in the car. And I'm like, ah. we do the roller coaster. I get off and I go, my dad's like, no. But it's like the, this this buildup and this anticipation, I just got chills, this buildup and this anticipation was so much worse than the actual thing, right? I mean, how many times did we, you know, this is going to be the greatest movie. And then you see it and you're like, oh, that was it. Oh, mm -hmm. it's those expectations that are unmet on the good or the bad end. And it's all coming from here. It's our thoughts. It was that thought that got in my head of this is scary. I'm going to die. Uh, this is the fastest thing ever. You know, it was hearing that over and over again that built up this completely incorrect assumption in my brain. And then when I actually went through it, it was so fun. I wanted to do it again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it is. I mean, how much of the time do we, I mean, and that, that example of the roller coaster is so relevant right to almost everything that we do you're right we're all standing in a line 
to have certain experiences. Yep. And a lot of times there's an external loudspeaker, i.e. our friends, our family, the media, uh-huh. whatever, that's telling us what to expect. And usually it's all fear-based and it's the worst. And yep you know, all these different things. And so we're getting bombarded for the 30 to 45 minutes before you ever get on the fucking roller coaster. Yep. Right. And, and so a lot of that really is most of the suffering that's going on in our head and the trepidation and the feeling worried and the, you know, everything else about doing something where it's like, just, just do it. Right. And it's, here's a funny example. I can't even remember the, the movie, what it was called, but it was a, Mickey Rourke was in it and uh, it, it was kind of like vignettes there, it, it was a movie but there were like oh yeah 10-15 minute things that were like stories of different people in different places in the world yeah like love story like one of those yeah yeah a love story kind of thing <laughs> but with these little vignettes and I, rem- I remember this scene because it it was it's kind of shocking right is it's like he's he's in this bar and this attractive woman comes up and he's he's like, you know, can I buy you a drink or whatever? Some kind of little chit-chat thing. And then it's like, uh, how, how did he say it? Something like, so are we going to have sex or what? I mean, it was like something like that. It was uh-huh. just like very bold, yep. right? Uh, that that kind of comes out of his mouth, and she's like, "How dare you? What do you, what do you what do you mean?" He's like, "Well, hey, I figure it's a 50-50 thing you're either going to say yes or you're going to say no and if if you say yes and we can get on on with it quicker if you say no then i'm going somewhere else right um that you know he didn't that character didn't try to build up the whole thing yeah you know oh you gotta like me i gotta woo her i gotta do everything else and then at the end of the night she says no no. yep right he's like no i want to i want to know right now right And so if we can avoid some of that, um, because again, we don't know what people are going to say, but in that instance, she was either going to say yes, or she was going to say no. And yep. so why, why prolong the, the potential suffering? Right. Just get on with it. Yeah. Well, and so much of that's perception, right? And it was so funny because I, I thought maybe you were going to refer to the same movie I had just written down, which would have been very crazy. But the movie Parenthood, uh-huh. by uh ron howard and it was steve martin right he played the dad and the mom was like this carefree sort of like uh like take it in stride enjoy the crazy moments and steve martin was this very anxious very stressed out dad and there was a scene at one point where one of the kids was supposed to be on stage doing the student play and the daughter ran up on stage and started kicking them because she thought he was actually being hurt in the show. And they, they panned to Steve Martin and the wife who I can't think of who played her. And it shows them like as if they're on a roller coaster, right? They're sitting in the theater seats and they shot it as if they were going up a roller coaster and she's ah, laughing and Steve Martin's going, ah. Ah. you know, and it just shows this dichotomy between the perception of these events and how, Mary Steenburgen maybe uh, was just so enjoying it and she was just going with it and she was enjoying the ride and he was fighting it every way every step of the way and I just I remembered that of this you know the standing in line for the roller coaster and how do you want to perceive that can you reframe your nervousness and as excitement because it's kind of two sides of the same coin right Mm -hmm. and and not 
trying to project into this future that we don't know what the outcome is going to be. We never know the outcome of anything. No. We don't know what the outcome of this show is going to be. I don't know what the outcome of my clients are going to be today. I don't know if my car is going to start when I go out there. You know, it's just everything is an unknown. And if we can just stay present, because I'm now not, I'm not going to sit here and worry about what if my car doesn't start. Well, why would I sit there and waste time on that? No, and you can either, you know, I mean, if you look at it, there's there's kind of three different options with it, right? You can sit and worry about it, which is what most people do. They try to think about the worst, you know, scenario play for the worst things happening. Uh -huh. You could instead, you know, think about and spend your energy in kind of an excitement uh -huh. of looking forward to some anticipation for it, right? Which, which again, I... I think is better than the worrying because uh -huh. at least you're in a better emotional state, but you also have the choice to just do it. Yeah. Not, not, don't think about it. Don't, you know, just, just open it, open your mouth and say it. And I know I'm, I'm guilty of this myself, right? Because there's sometimes I will, you know, sit for a week, you know, or a day or whatever the time happens to be like, I, I need to have this conversation with this person. And so I'm, kind of running okay. it over in my head, right? Like of all the different things that I might say, but why not just make it messy? You know, it's like, I mean, how many how many people listening like rom-coms, right? And I'm sure all the women are going to be like, oh yes, I love them. And the guys are going to be like, oh, give me, a no guys, we like them too, right? Because especially when you're sitting with somebody special and they're watching it, they're feeling lovey, you're feeling lovey, it's great, right? Yeah. And even if you're even if you're by yourself, right? Like I actually watched an old rom com this last week by myself, right? But look at you. I know, look at me, right? But you can just make it messy and do it because the thing is, is you know, just saying something, um, at least you're doing something, yeah. right? And um, and then you can always go from there. Yeah. Right? Well, and. And here's the other thing. So let's go back to my client, right? If she started to stress about, how am I going to tell my boss and he's going to be mad and da, 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 you know, her stress level is already rising, right? So she's now going to go into this situation. She's not going to be as present. She's not going to be as eloquent. She's not going to be the best communicator she can be because she's in this already in this fight or flight response, this heightened sensitivity to the stress. So let's say she doesn't communicate it well, so he doesn't take it well. You're you're sort of setting yourself up for for not a great experience. Or let's say she was already so expectant of what he was going to say that she reacted to him in a way that made it even worse. You know, to me, it's like as neutral as you can go into a situation. The easier it's like a tennis player, right? You don't want to be all the way over there because where are they going to hit it over here? If you can be dancing in that moment and flexible in what your response is going to be, you know, let's say he did get pissy with her. If she was already expecting that and already angry about it, that's going to be a call to security. She's going to lose her shit as opposed to, wow, okay, you seem upset about this. Uh, I'm going to go. Uh, this is my two weeks and, you know, thank you for listening. As opposed to maybe yelling back or getting defensive or, you know, to me, it's like as neutral as we can go into a situation and as eloquent as we can be speaking, which is going to be easier if we're not already in a stressed space. Well, and that neutrality, I think is, is interesting too, right? Because it, you know, there's the whole other idea of attachment and the less yep. attached we can be to any outcome you know again a lot of times people use that when they're manifesting or trying uh -huh. to manifest certain things but it's it's really for anything if you're not attached to an outcome 
then you don't have to defend anything either, uh-huh. right? And so, so what ends up happening is when you're making those assumptions, again, whether they're good, whether they're bad, right? You're kind of attaching to a particular outcome or assuming that there's going to be a particular outcome that happens. What if you just do it and just let the outcome be what it's going to be without attachment to it? Yep. Right. Then, then you're not making the assumptions. Then yep. you're not, you're not, you know, having all that the six or seven of the ten pain points uh, before you ever even experience the event. Yep. Right. Um, and 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 it's the same thing with uh, you know sometimes we feel like we have to psych ourselves up to do it, but again, what if you just do it? Don't yeah. psych yourself up. Just just don't think about it. Just do it. I have a fun right? story. So okay. Uh- so after I left my ex, I took a year and just had fun. I had never really dated. I had no, so it's like once people find found out I was single, people who had been interested in me for a while, like came out of the woodwork, which was actually very flattering and something I needed at that time, right? Because I just felt like such shit when I left my marriage. And I called an old friend who I knew back in LA, like back in the day, like a long time ago. And I was like, hey, you know, I saw, it looked like he was single on Facebook and we had always had a little attraction. So I messaged him and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm going to be at the castle this weekend. Would love to see you and catch up. Do you want to join me? He goes, oh, my God, absolutely. So we show up to the Magic Castle and, you know, I'm dressed great and he looks amazing. And I hadn't seen him in like 20 plus years. And he said, oh, you were standing in line for a show. And I said, he said, oh, my God, how are you doing? So you're in Santa Barbara, you're married, you're doing massage. And I said, well, two of those is true. And he goes, oh, he goes, did you leave your ex? And I said, yeah, I did. And he goes, is this a date? And I, said, you, and I said, you know what? If you want it to be a date, it is. If not, it's two friends hanging out. And he kisses me. And I went, I guess it's a date. And we started, <laughs> but, but it was like, and he said, he said, oh my God, I'm seeing someone or, oh, I'm not really, I don't feel it. I would have been like, great. Let's just hang out for the night and have a drink. You know, I had no attachment to that outcome, but it was that bold action of what the fuck? I'm going to text him and see if he wants to go to the castle, you know? And that's what I learned in that year was taking bold action, not having an attachment to the outcome, because there were other people where I'm like, hey, would you like to go out? And they're like, no, not really. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, Move on. I didn't take that as a rejection. I didn't take that as a failure. I took that as they're not rejecting me. They're rejecting my ask. And I think that's so important when we, if we could have a whole one on rejection, but it's like not getting attached to that outcome was key. And again, had he said, oh, uh, this can't be a date, I would have been like, cool, let's have a fun night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that's a, that's a good way to kind of think about it too, right? Because again, you could have sat there, you you kind of saw on Facebook and you could have been like, oh, I don't know. He's 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 probably with somebody else and nobody wants me, blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Well, like you said, the whole time he's sitting over there like, oh yeah, I still got the house for Kathy, <laughs> right? And sometimes it just works out that way, right? I mean, yeah. it's it's that way in relationships a lot of times where, I mean, I know throughout my life, there's been different people that I've, I've been attracted to and maybe they've been attracted to me, but we were in different relationships at different mm-hmm. times or whatever. And so the timing just never seemed to work out, which, yep. which again is fine, but it did for you guys in that particular situation. Yeah, so, I, he very easily could have said no when I reached out and said, do you want to hang out at the castle? It could that could have been a no, in which case I wasn't. I also was not attached to that outcome. So yeah, it's about making these assumptions, and we know what assumptions do, and you know all that crap. So anyway, we talked long again today. There we go. There we go. We should go. We should go.
Yeah. All right. Well, you know, just go for it. Don't make assumptions. Enjoy the ride and uh, go in as neutral and positive as you possibly can. Easy. It's so simple, right? Yeah. Easy peasy. Easy, easy peasy. Easy peasy. All right. I'm Kathy Gruber. I can reach at kathygruber.com. And I'm Jason Mefford. I can be reached at jasonmefford.com. So go out, quit making those assumptions. Just do something. And we'll see you on the next episode. See you later. Yeah.